We hear the account of the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. One of the smallest countries in the world for landmass is Panama. And yet, because of where Panama sits geographically, it is an extremely, extremely important country. It connects South America to Central and North America and, in a sense, divides the oceans. And a little over 100 years ago, because of its significance for geography, about 108 or so years ago, the U.S. government got involved in establishing a canal through Panama, the Panama Canal. And that, that little inter-ocean highway, if you will, has saved the United States economy billions and trillions of dollars through the years. It is such an extremely significant little spot of land, even though it's about the size of Connecticut, uh, the entire landmass as well as the population of Panama. And for that reason, the United States, up until 1999, had a military presence there, and even to this day still has an agreement with the Panamanian government to be able to fly into any of their airports at any time that it wants to, to protect that tiny little strip of land because it saves so much cost on all of the shipping. A similar situation existed back at the time of our Savior's birth in the country of Israel. Israel is a tiny little strip of land way over on the east end of the Mediterranean. It's about the size of from Mankato down to the Iowa border and then from Mankato over to about Wisconsin border with La Crosse, that area. If you think of that whole area of land, that's about the size of the entire country of Israel. And yet, if you go east of Israel, all you get is desert. And so back in the first century, it was so important and necessary to control that tiny little strip of land because all of the trade routes down to Africa or back to Asia or up into Europe, all three continents were connected through Israel. And so its geographical location was absolutely essential for the Roman Empire of its day in order to control North Africa. And if you ever look at ancient maps of the, uh, of the Roman Empire back at the time of Christ, you will see that it, it surrounded the entire Mediterranean, and it's just that little strip of land through Israel. There were two major highways that went through there, and the Romans made sure to build those roads just wide enough so that their military wagons could get through two on a side. 
So they saw it as an extremely important little strip of land. And in order to know how, how many people were living in certain areas and how much to tax certain regions and how much of a military presence they would need in certain areas in case there was ever a rebellion, the Roman government would frequently take a, a, a counting or a census of people in these areas to find out exactly how many people were there. And so the emperor, um, the Caesar in Rome at that time, Caesar Augustus, um, as he had done a number of other times, established a census. And through that act, he causes the Holy Family uh, to have to travel from up in the north in Galilee down to uh, the region that was near Jerusalem into this little dinky town of Bethlehem, completely unnoticed by all the other travelers moving around the country during that time. And a very humble little uh, husband and wife, and she's expecting a baby. So here's the, the most powerful man in the world at the time. And, and God takes and causes him, because of his greed and everything, he uses, he uses the evil greed in the heart of the Caesar and his power, lust for power. He, he uses all of that in order to work out exactly where his Messiah will be born in the town of Bethlehem, just as he has pro had promised in the Old Testament. And so God, uh, God is controlling all of this history in such an amazing way. There's a great passage in the Old Testament. It says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. And so to fulfill that prophecy and to get the birth of Christ to take place exactly where he wanted it to be, God stirs all of this history in order to make this now happen. A commentator named William Arndt says this, What a glorious, almighty, and all-wise God is ours, who, invisible in all men, uh, to all men and unknown to most of them, accomplishes his designs through their ambitious, self-centered activities. So God grabs a hold of the mind of this most powerful man in the world and the grandest empire of its day, in order to work out the plan of having this humble little couple of Mary and Joseph go to the town of Bethlehem. It's just an amazing thing historically. And Luke, who's the great historian that uh, Dr. Luke um, marks this in history, tells us exactly when this happens in history because um, Christianity, Christianity is not some fairy tale religion. It's not some fantasy religion or something Hollywood makes up. It's embedded in real time, real history with real people. God now weaves himself and the birth of his son into the fabric, the actual fabric of human history in order to carry all of this out. So what's the significance of all of this? Why in the world does God have all of this take place to cause this incarnation of his son. I want to read you a couple of quotations from some earlier church fathers, one by the name of Cyril. He says, The Son of God joined our nature to himself so that he might restore it to its original beauty. Thinking back before the fall into sin. Think of all the ugliness that the fall into sin has brought into your life and heart, just like mine. Our consciences are aware of that the fact that we're going to die someday, the fact that our bodies are going to decay and all of that, the ugliness of humanity because of that fall into sin. Cyril says, the Son of God joined himself to our human nature in order to restore it back to its original beauty. 
Tertullian said this. <clears throat> he said that this was all necessary so that in Christ God might guarantee harmony between earthly and heavenly things, joining man to God and God to man. Martin Luther used a great picture of why the incarnation was so important. If you've ever seen the scales of justice that balance on a, on a post, the scales of justice, he said that, that we were in one of the pans about to be condemned and God had to place the weight of himself, his own uh, deity, the fact that God is, that this, this Savior had to be fully God in the other pan in order to cause us to fly out so that we could be freed from God's justice over our sins. God had to place himself in the pan, Luther said, in order to free you and me. So this is, this is amazing to think that, that the same God who decided all these things about our world, where exactly the country of Panama would sit, uh, exactly how much water would be in each of the oceans of the Atlantic and the Pacific, who decided exactly what your eye color would be. This same God now decides to become a person in the form of this little baby and sits now in the lap of this young virgin. It's just an amazing, amazing thing in order to work out God's entire plan for us. There were a lot of other babies, I'm sure, born in Israel that day, and um, probably thousands of others that were born around the world. People estimate that right now today, during our time here in chapel, there will be 7,000 babies born around the world, at least. 7,000 little children born into the world. It's easy for us sometimes when we think about how massive humanity has become to feel insignificant and kind of lost in all of those numbers and how much must I really matter to God. And yet, the Bible would present the birth of Christ and the significance of it so personally to you and me that even if you and I were the only individual to ever live, God still would have carried out this plan just for you and just for me. This birth on the surface, this birth of Christ, seems no different than any others. It was probably about as common as you get, maybe even lower than that because of the, the poverty situation involved. And yet here is our God choosing to enter our world and our history like this, to become one of us in order to bring you and me back to himself someday. Don't ever underestimate how significant your life is to God. Don't ever underestimate how, how tremendous he values you. Christmas is certainly about Christ, but it's really about you. It's really about that, that God sees you with such tremendous significance that he would carry this out to make sure all your sins got paid for and that you would have a perfect holy record in front of him and be able to come to heaven someday. So just as you go through Christmas, just hold on to that beautiful, simple truth. Paul puts it this way, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. So the womb of Mary now has become your connecting link to heaven. And Jesus Christ himself is the Jacob's ladder by which you now by faith can ultimately someday ascend to heaven. So uh, celebrate the birth of your brother and of your eternal king. Amen.